Coming up on this week's show, the writing duo of Ari McKay returns to talk about their two November releases, plus give us an exclusive cover reveal. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 162 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Will from willknaus.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad that you uh, chosen to join us once again for another episode of the show. Um, you were looking at the numbers not too long ago. We had a spectacular week for downloads last week. We did. Um, if you're a new listener and have uh, recently joined us, uh, welcome to you. Uh, we hope that you stick around for a while and join us for lively and lovely conversations about gay fiction. Yes. The more books, the better, right? <laughs> so, tell us, tell everyone and... Tell me exactly <laughs> what is up with your Christmas story this year. Yeah, I am actually doing uh, a Winger Christmas story for the Codename Winger series. This is something that I've really wanted to do since I started the series, uh, which I guess was last year. Time flies, folks. Uh, I finally figured out what the plot could be because I, I. So the, the story is, as everybody knows, Kim Possible, the Disney animated show, is one of the inspirations for this. And one of my favorite episodes of Kim Possible is their Christmas episode, in which sidekick Ron tries to save Christmas for Kim by going off and doing this ludicrous uh, save the world mission with Dr. Draken. And eventually the entire Possible clan has to go get him out of trouble, which actually makes their Christmas all the better. And I really wanted something that could fit into the Winger universe with that. And I figured it out and I wrote it. It's about, it's just under 12,000 words. Uh, I'm not going to give up any of the details on it, but suffice to say that Theo has to do something that saves Christmas uh, for everyone. And I had a ball writing it. I'm working with the awesome people at Harmony Inc to put something together to kind of a fun way to put the story out. So I will have more details on that in the very near future. Sounds good. Yeah. So this week, a project is happening uh, that is that is uh, one that we talked about earlier this year when it happened around Valentine's Day. The authors behind the Heart to Heart anthology are back, and they are doing another go-around for the uh, holiday season. This time around, uh, the idea is that the Heart to Heart dating app is doing a charity raffle in cities around the globe, and random guys in each location are going to be paired up for an adventure. But, of course, you know, this app never really works right. <laughs> Weird things happen, and, you know, these dates are either going to go really, really wrong or really, really right. Uh, the author lineup is pretty incredible this time. We've got some new ones out there. Uh, who is on that list? Um, this time around, we've got R.G. Alexander, May Archer, Macy Blake, Carly... Charlie Cochet. I'm, I, yeah, I always have problems saying her name. Words. <laughs> um, uh, e. Davies, Eden Finley, Allison Hendricks, Sloan Kennedy, Alexa Land, Lucy Lennox, Ruthie Lunho, uh, Annabella Michaels, K.M. Newhold, Haley Turner, Amy Nicole Walker, Max Walker, and A.E. Wasp. That is an amazing lineup. Yeah. The anthology comes out November 13th for a limited time, which I believe is through February, if I recall what I read right. And this time out, it goes out to different LGBTQ charities, uh, which I don't have in front of me, but it's a very... It, we heard earlier from Lucy uh, doing one of our GRL extras on the charities that they were lining up for this year, and they're pretty spectacular. So the book comes out, as I mentioned, on Tuesday, November 13th, and we hope you will pick yours up. I know ours is already on pre-order. Yeah. So this week actually also is Love Your Bookstore Challenge Week. Uh, this began on Saturday, November 10th, and it runs through Friday, November 16th, and it is a chance to celebrate your favorite bookstore by posting a photo from inside the store with a favorite book, or maybe your favorite bookseller, maybe it's a book you want to give for Christmas, could be anything, and they want you to use the hashtag LoveYourBookstore in the caption when you share it. Now, of course, we love a good bookstore. Love, love, love. We'll visit them when we're traveling. We will drop into the bookstore, and... Uh, I feel like bookstores are the best way to browse for new books, as they're just all right there. 
pick them up, hold them, read them, whatever. Uh, so I plan to visit our local Barnes & Noble uh, sometime this week to snap a pick of some kind and do this challenge. And we hope you do too. If you do that, please tag us uh, as you do it as well so we can kind of spread the love that you're sharing out there in the universe. If you want more info about this, you can go to loveyourbookstore.com. Fantastic. Now, I have an event that I want to mention that's coming up very soon. Uh, the Queer Lit Readathon is happening for 2018. That's going to be taking place through uh, December 2nd through the 8th. And I wanted to make sure everyone knew about it so that you can get prepared for the reading challenge. Now, I learned about this particular challenge because I follow Adriana at Perpetual Pages on YouTube. Um, YouTube, where all the cool kids are hanging out. Um, <laughs> Adriana recently uh, announced this year's readathon, and she's doing it uh, in conjunction with a couple of other booktubers, including Kathy uh, Trithart and Rogan Shannon. And the the challenge is basically spending an entire week, sort of immersing yourself in queer lit. They've also got challenges if you choose to partake. Uh, some of the challenges are reading uh, a new author, an author that's new to you, or reading a book that is hashtag own voices, or maybe even reading a book with a main character who is on the trans spectrum. Uh, you can find out more and follow uh, the Queer Lit group uh, on Instagram and Twitter and, of course, YouTube. We'll have a link in the show notes to Adriana's uh, announcement video, but if you go uh, and... Uh, check out her channel, Perpetual Pages. Uh, you can learn more there as well. Teenage secret agent Theo Reese is back in action in Schooled, the second book in the Codename Winger series. Theo's high school computer science club is gearing up for a competition, and he agrees to lend his knowledge of cybersecurity to help them win. The covert agency he secretly works for also needs his talents when an encrypted key that allows access to the nation's electrical grid has been stolen. The file shows up at the competition as one of those to be decoded. Theo must find a way to be both an average high school student and TOS agent winger. The file must be secured, all while protecting his teammates from those who will use any means necessary to get the file for themselves. Schooled is available in ebook and paperback wherever books are sold. And if you missed Theo's first mission, pick up Tracker Hacker today. So it's November, which means it is time for Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. uh, technically, this year. <laughs> they actually started before Halloween. <laughs> they started before Halloween, uh, which is okay with us because we love them so very much. Um, the reason we're bringing it up right now is because there are a couple movies of note uh, we think you should know about. Um, first, uh, there are a couple of films that star out and proud gay actors. Uh, the first one I want to mention is A Shoe Addict's Christmas uh, that stars Luke McFarlane. Um, you might know him from Brothers and Sisters on a couple of different shows. Uh, he's going to be co-starring with Candace Cameron Bure and Gene Smart. Uh, from Designing Women. Ooh. Ugh, love Jean. Um, they're going to be uh, starring in A Shoe Addict's Christmas, and that is going to premiere Sunday, November 28th. So mark your calendars if you're a fan of Luke, which we are. Absolutely. He's so... He's sweet, and he's charming, and so very Canadian. We... <laughs> We love Luke to pieces. He's adorable. Uh, another movie you might want to uh, look out for is Christmas Made to Order. That stars Jonathan Bennett, who was the object of everyone's affection in Mean Girls. He's also the uh, host of Cake Wars, Cupcake Wars, and Cake Wars, and all the wars. All the wars shows that are on the Food Network right now. He's going to be co starring with Alexa Pena Vega. Uh, and once again, Christmas Made to Order is going to premiere on Sunday, December 23rd. Now, another gay-adjacent actor you might want to keep an eye out for is Christian Vincent. Uh, he's going to be co-starring with Jerrica Hinton in uh, A Majestic Christmas. Now, you might recognize Vincent from the criminally underrated Noah's Ark. He played Ricky, the sort of lovable slut on mm -hmm. that particular show. Um so if you're interested in A Majestic Christmas, that is going to premiere on Sunday, December 2nd. Yeah. It's also worth noting that this year, the Hallmark Channel teased us with the first gay couple. 
in a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie. Yes. Uh, Hallmark's Road to Christmas, which was on just this past weekend. So it was on the weekend of, I believe it was either the 3rd or 4th of November. Uh, basic premise in this movie was that there is this cooking show host who has been conned by her producer Maggie to go off and do a live Christmas Eve show. Uh, this freaks her out a little bit, and she decides to bring one of her sons in to help with the production. He was on the show uh, years before, uh, Danny Weiss, who was played by the awesome Chad Michael Murray. Um, they decide to pepper this a little bit with some live segments, and they go off around the country to pick up these things to help put into the show so there are some recorded segments along the way so it's not all live. Maggie hatches this plot to bring all of the Wise brothers together. There are three brothers who have not been spending Christmas at home for various reasons, and she wants to pick them up along the way and bring them back as a surprise for Julia. The first Wise brother, Derek, is like, mm, I don't really want to do this, but he got conned into it. Then they go pick up David. And the first person we meet along the, as they arrive is Bradley, who Derek seems to know really well because he has spent Christmas here before. As David comes in, he announces that this pet rescue, pet grooming thing that they've arrived at, it's not really clear, is something that they own together. And they're about to have a puppy party for these puppies that they have rescued. The chemistry between David and Bradley is undeniable that they are possibly more than friends and business owners. Um, their entire minutes on the screen are delightful. And I, as soon as they happened, the very quick commercial after they were on screen, I went, that's a gay couple right there. And uh, Michael Thomas Ford, who runs a site called hallmarkunwrapped.com and is also one of our very favorite gay fiction writers, uh, pointed out the same thing in his recap. He recaps the movies, and you should, if you like Hallmark like we do, you need to check out his recaps because they're awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think this is the first Hallmark Channel gay couple to get screen time in, in any fashion, even though it's not acknowledged. Uh, hopefully, we see more. Hallmark as a company has tended to embrace uh, gay couples. Uh, the card company has done commercials featuring gay couples, the Hallmark ornament catalog this very season, which features Hallmark employees with their families, has a gay couple featured on the Star Wars page. So maybe this is the beginning. What do you think? Uh, Hallmark has received some criticism in the past because um, their Christmas slate of films has been, uh, uh, well, frankly, Lily White. Mm -hmm. um, they've listened to that criticism. Uh, this year they've got several uh, different films starring people of color. Uh, so there's a step forward uh, in that respect. And I think what Hallmark is doing is very carefully trying to express their progressive ideals. Um, in the case of Road to Christmas, what they're doing uh, is they're um, engaging in a practice called Gay Vague. Now, for those of you who may not remember, in the early 2000s, um, there was a culture war, I'm using really big air quotes around that, uh, about gay marriage. Uh, of course, the religious right was fervently against it, uh, but advertisers wanted to court the almighty gay dollar. What advertisers did is they engaged in a practice called gay vague, where usually they would present a couple on stage, on, on screen, and it was up to the viewer to interpret it however they wanted. Was this, were they brothers? Were they business partners? Were they lovers? It was kind of up to you to uh, decipher the clues. Um, that is essentially what Hallmark is doing right now. Instead of uh, coming out and saying that these two men are a couple, um, they're giving you all the clues, all the clues you need. Uh, so you can either um, acknowledge those and uh, understand what is actually going on on screen, or you can completely ignore them. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. Because they could just own a puppy rescue. But no, this gay boy knows that those two are a couple. Made me so happy. So uh, while in 2018 it may not exactly seem like a 
particularly big deal to have a gay vague couple in a movie. I think it is a tiny but important step forward for uh, Hallmark Channel. Yes, indeed. Now, you have been on a reading tear this week. Getting Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> what I have done I'm is I'm going to call it a tear. I've started some of two. my seasonal reading. The first book I'm going to talk about is Cinnamon Spiced Omega by Susie Hawk. Now, this is, of course, uh, the second book in her Hollydale Omegas uh, Impreg series, uh, a series that I have genuinely come to love and adore. Um, and I picked up this particular book this past week um, because with all of the... Oh, God. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this past week in America, it was election week. And it's... Oh, God. Such a... <laughs> this election cycle has been such a ins insane shitstorm. Um, I really needed something comforting and very cozy, so I chose Cinnamon Spice Omega. This particular book um, focuses on Liam. He is uh, down on his luck, pregnant Omega, who um, has run away from his abusive alpha and has found himself homeless in the charming city of Hollydale. Um, he literally runs into Christian. He is the owner of a local garage. Uh, and they sort of like, that's how they get on each other's radar. And of course, they're the main couple in this book. So this is, you know, they're going to be eyeing each other and, you know, getting to know one another and eventually, of course, falling in love, which is what they end up doing. Um, uh, Christian, uh, his brother Kent, works uh, at a local bakery uh, right next to his garage. Uh, Kent and his co-worker Tom were secondary characters in the first book uh, and they receive a lot of on-page time in the second book and then I actually think they're pretty instrumental in Liam and Christian getting together. Um, this particular book uh, takes place from the Thanksgiving holidays through Christmas and beyond. So we've got all sorts of seasonal charming stuff happening, uh, especially uh, the main characters go uh, volunteer at a food kitchen where Liam shows up. Uh, and that's when Christian finally realizes the dire straits that this uh, poor pregnant guy uh, is in. So he invites Liam to come live with him and Kent in their apartment. And of course, um, being so close and living together, they get to know each other even more, uh, and they eventually fall in love. Um, as I said, this book takes place primarily over the holidays. Uh, so we get, um, as I said, lots of cute holiday happenings going on. We've got a Christmas proposal, uh, and of course, um, when our couple gets together, um, we've got a super sweet wedding uh, and then the wonderful moment when the bundle of joy finally arrives. Um, this is sort of, a, like I said, I was looking for something super sweet and super cozy to take my mind off of world events. And that's what I think this particular series does. Um, despite the sort of um, niche uh, uh, genre of impreg. Um, this particular book is a, these particular series of books is actually super super sweet. Uh, so if that's what you're looking for, I highly recommend Cinnamon Spiced Omega, uh, especially uh, as it is now uh, the holiday time. Indeed, it's time for all those cinnamon spiced goodies out there. Now the other book you've been reading this week is from our guests, uh, Seeking Solace from Ari McKay. Tell us all about it. Well, as I mentioned, I needed something super sweet and comforting to get me through this week. Uh, this second book that I read certainly did just that. Now, in just a few minutes, we're going to hear um, Ari McKay sort of give you the lowdown on this particular book. Um, so I'm going to kind of go through it uh, kind of quickly. It's about Devin Walker, one of the Walker boys, and he is serving as a bartender on a cruise ship. Uh, he wants to become a chef, uh, and this is sort of... Um, a stepping stone towards that. Um, and he's tasked with showing uh, an executive, Paul, uh, sort of around the boat and kind of the inner workings of what it's like to go on a two-week cruise. Uh, they're going to go on a two-week stint to the Caribbean. 
And of course, now since the two of them spend time together, they end up falling in love. Uh, they've got instant chemistry. Uh, they both got some issues they need to work through because it's a romance, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. And they end up doing that. Uh, on uh, on on the boat and off the boat when they go on excursions. Uh, there's an especially sweet and romantic time uh, spent at a Caribbean resort. So it's, they've got that going for them. And just when the two-week excursion ends and you think that they're going to finally achieve their permanent happily ever after, um, the black moment hits and secrets are revealed and Devin ends up running back to Buffalo Lick, Texas to kind of rethink his life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> after after these secrets are revealed. Uh, Paul does the smart thing uh, and chases after him and it, it basically has to go through the uh, extended Walker family in order to get Devin to give him a second chance. Um, I really like this book an awful lot. I highly recommend everyone check out all three books in the Walker Boys series because they're all genuinely excellent. I really like this book because um, personally it was exactly what I needed. It's essentially two nice guys um, just falling in love and you really just want you to you want them to achieve their happily ever after. There's not a lot of angst and a lot of bleh and all that other stuff. It's basically just a very sweet romance. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, I highly recommend Seeking Solace. Yes, by Ari McKay. Now, of course, on the show notes page, we have links to everything we've talked about in this episode. And if you click on those links, because we use affiliate links, you'll put a few pennies into the podcast coffers. The other way you can help support the show is through Patreon. From there, we have a page where you can pledge some support to the show, and that'll help us keep everything running. You can check out and get all the information at patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. So we're thrilled this week to welcome back the writing duo of Ari McKay to the show. They last joined us back in episode 86 when they were talking about a different Walker Boys novel, which was Breaking Bonds. And they also gave us their origin story back there. So we'll link to that in the show notes. This time out, they are talking about the two new books they've got this month, Seeking Solace, which Will just reviewed, as well as Quenched in Blood, which is Dreamspun Beyond Book. And we've got a little extra something special surprise in the interview, too, that you'll hear about as well. So shall we get to that? Yeah, let's. Welcome Ari McKay to the podcast. How about we take a moment and you two can introduce yourselves? Okay. Hi, I'm the Ari half of Ari McKay. And hi, I am the McKay half of Ari McKay. Fantastic. We are thrilled to have you guys back on the podcast. You've got two books coming out this month with both Seeking Solace in the Dreamspun Desires line and Quenched in Blood in the Dreamspun Beyond line. So congratulations for that. Um, tell us first about Seeking Solace, which is the new Walker Boys book. Okay. Um this one has been, um, it was a little different because instead of being a chef, he's a wannabe chef who is working as a bartender on a cruise ship. And part of the reason for that setting was that I've taken a lot of cruises and I enjoy cruising. And so it was a really kind of a fun way to, to use my experiences on board a cruise ship to, um, you know, bring a little bit of a, a realistic touch to the setting. So um, Devin is the the walker in question, and he has been working on the cruise ship for uh, Triton Lines. And he is he's a bartender. He gets to meet a lot of people, and because he's very outgoing, he gets to um, he gets asked to shepherd one of the executives from the cruise line who is coming on board to learn. The um, the ins and outs of how the ships actually work, rather than the uh, you know like the office back half of the the business. 
But what he doesn't know is that Paul is actually the heir to the entire cruise line. And so it's kind of the, you know, secret millionaire, you know, sort of thing going on there. And um, they get very close. And Paul has some issues that he's working through with um, uh, a physical disability. And Devin helps him to work through part of his issues. And in the process, they kind of fall in love. So don't want to give away too much of the... the <laughs> Yeah, no, the, that, the background. No, giving away the good stuff, that'll be in my review. Um, <laughs> uh, because I've read this book. I loved it to pieces. I especially loved the cruise ship setting. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, just sort of wonderful and escapist and romantic. I, I loved it to pieces. Um, now, most of the Walker Boys books have taken place in Texas. Um, specifically, uh, Buffalo Lick, the small, quaint town where barbecue is king. And um, actually, um, Ari, uh, you and I are actually both wearing a very special T-shirt. A T-shirt, as it so happens, that actually makes an appearance in Seeking Solace. Do you want to explain that just a little bit? Yeah. Um, so when Paul comes on board the ship, he doesn't really bring any casual clothes with him because he's, you know, the executive type and he thinks he's going to be very formal while on board the ship. And Devin convinces him that that's not such a good idea. You're going to make the patrons kind of nervous if you're wandering around in a suit. <laughs> and since Paul doesn't have anything to wear, Devin loans him some clothing. And one of the items happens to be Devin's Buffalo Lick Bison's T-shirt that he has from when he was in high school um, and he's carried it with him everywhere and he allows Paul to wear it and Paul kind of takes it over and <laughs> ends up with it as you know sometimes happens with couples and trading shirts and things like that so um, we uh, McKay and I it was kind of a, a funny joke about you know okay so the shirt is important so we actually hired um, a graphic artist, uh, Diane from Lyrical Lines, to design us an actual logo. We actually own this logo. It's ours. Buffalo Lick <laughs> is ours. And uh, so Diane made us a custom logo, and we had it put on the shirt. And we had three shirts made. And we had one for McKay, one for myself, and one for Will, because Will has always loved the Walker Boys. So he had to have a shirt. <laughs> I love it. It was so amazing uh, to get to see both of you and talk to you when we were at uh, GRL not too long ago. Yeah, that was great. Yes, I enjoyed it. It was your first GRL, McKay. Uh, how, how was that for you? I, I It was an amazing experience, and I would recommend anyone who is a writer or reader of gay romance to attend at least once because it's uh, it's so warm and welcoming and even though it was my first time I felt like I instantly belonged because everybody was just so open and welcoming to me and uh, it, it, I just really enjoyed the whole weekend and I, I really loved getting to meet some of our readers and meet fellow authors. It was just fantastic. Very cool. What's coming next, or is there a next for the Walker boys uh, in their journey? Actually, yes, there is. Um, this is kind of interesting because um, I, I suppose it's, I don't know if people know that the, the Dreamspun Desires line is changing focus a little bit. They are... Um, they're going for kind of lighter stories than, you know, even what we've been writing. So um, we actually have book four of the Walker Boys almost completed. It's called Healing Hearts. And we have permission from Dream Spinner to move it out into the main line. So when we finish it and finally get it submitted, um, the Walker Boys will transition just from the Dream Spun Desires line out to the main Dream Spun or main Dream Spinner line which is actually kind of good for us because that means we're not limited to the 60,000 words. So we can make kind of, 
you know, uh, longer, a little more in-depth stories. Um, and for Healing Hearts especially, that's going to be kind of important because the Walker boy in that one has got a few issues that he needs to work through. <laughs> yeah. So having the, the extra, the ability to go much longer if we need to means that we can, you know, give it a little bit more in depth of a treatment for him about his, his problems. Mm-hmm. So, cause most of the walkers are kind of happy go lucky. Uh, not, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> And just as a, a preview for this book, we are actually going back to the same setting as book two, breaking. Uh, what was it? Breaking bonds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh, the chef in training who kind of studied under Liam Rocky, he's going to be one of the leads this time. Oh, I'm. Oh God. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Hurry, hurry, finish it fast. <laughs> That'll be amazing. I can't wait for that. Yeah, uh, I, I was the one who mostly wrote Rocky, and he got vocal. You know, I just loved, he was fun. I loved writing him. And I was kind of, after we finished Breaking Bonds, I was kind of thinking in the back of my mind, he needs his own book. He's just, he's he's out there. So um, I'm glad that we were getting to to tell his story. And let him have a walker of his own. Yes, and he gets the ne'er do well. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's going to he's going to have to uh, he's going to have to whip his walker boy into shape. Yeah, can't wait! Oh, that sounds so good, so amazing. <laughs> now, in addition to the Walker Boy that's releasing this month, you'll also have uh, another book in your Asheville Arcana series. Uh, can you explain first of all before we get into the new book itself. Can you explain a little bit about the uh, the paranormal nature of this particular series? Sure. This one is set in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, and it focuses around members of the paranormal community in and around uh, Western North Carolina. Uh, in this world, we have vampires, we have shapeshifters, we have fairies, demons, and demon hunters. And in the first two books, it followed a series of friends. Actually, the three main characters, Julian, uh, Whimsy, and Arden, were all friends with benefits. And in the first two books, Whimsy and Arden found their true love romance. And so now only Julian is left, and he's been left alone. But in the backdrop, they're also fighting a war against a, a demon invasion. There have been incursions in each book that they have had to rally members of the paranormal, paranormal community to fight off these demons. Um, and this book kind of culminates that battle. So we're going to see... Uh, the end result of uh, all of their efforts in the first two books. Cool. And this third Julian book, gets funny. <laughs> <laughs> this third one's called Quenched in Blood. Yes. So besides dealing with the war, who who are who who's the couple here? And what what's their story? Okay, we actually set the seeds for this back in book 1. So the, one of the leads is Julian, and he's finally going to uh, meet someone, and that someone was actually introduced in the first book, but he never actually appeared on camera. He was uh, a voice in the background. Um, when Whimsy and Arden and Eli and, and the other cast of, of book one went out to visit a demon hunter named Micah, uh, they found out that he had a grandson because the grandson called to him from inside the house, and Micah was very secretive about this. Well, they're going to go back and meet that grandson, who is a demon hunter himself, but he's untrained. His name's Thomas, and he is descended from demon hunters on both sides so he's very powerful but he has no idea 
his grandfather was so grieved by the loss of his son and daughter-in-law, Thomas's parents, that he raised Thomas in ignorance of who and what he was. And so Thomas has no idea that demons and vampires and werewolves exist, and he's blown away. He has to have a crash course in you know, what's going on. And then they're like, oh, hey, by the way, we need you to fight these demons. Yay. <laughs> so um, Thomas gets a, gets thrown in the deep end pretty quick. What was your inspiration behind this one? To like, and, and Did the inspiration come more as the whole series since you were kind of arcing this entire story over, about the war? Um, we had a short story. We wrote it for Halloween several years ago, and it was much shorter. Um, and it was published by a company that no longer exists. And we were trying to figure out what to do with the story slash novella. And the more we looked at it, the more we realized that we liked the world building. So we had written this story together. And then I had written a Halloween story individually that we could pull elements of and kind of smush together. And that's what we did. We, we took the things that we liked from the world building from both of these stories and uh, started creating this world and from there we figured out okay what do we want in each book what do we want the overall arc to be and we kind of did some planning and world building and then we dove in I mean things changed as we wrote of course but but basically that's where they came from these two one-off Halloween stories that we wrote one together and one I wrote by myself that's very exciting to have the world mash up like that. Yeah, uh, the story that I wrote, I kind of had in the back of my mind the the Halloween story that we had written together, and I asked Ari, it's like, okay, if I take elements, can do you mind? You know, if I kind of loosely set it in the same universe, and of course she said it was fine, and it was not closely tied that you could see it, but it was enough that when the time came, we could mesh them seamlessly. In fact, the character of Whimsy was in my story. So his uh, his romance ended up being a little bit different, but my short story was basically about a, a wizard named Whimsy who falls in love with a werewolf named Harlan. So we took that directly. <laughs> so much of our inspiration is just kind of co- I mean, it, it, it's a true collaboration, the way that we write and the way that we develop stories. Um, one of us will get a, a, you know, a bee in our bonnet about something, a, a TV show or, you know, a, um, a movie or something. And it's like, ooh, you know, something like that would be really cool. And then, you know, we end up like building on it all together. So mm -hmm. it's... Uh, like you know, for um, I think all, I think most of the paranormal stuff, the original inspiration was yours, McKay, because mm -hmm. uh, I even think the 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 predecessor to uh, to the Asheville Arcana series, I think the original short story was actually something you had um, you had originally proposed, and then like when it comes to like Herx Merx, that was something that like clobbered me over the head one day, and so yeah, like I said. It's like we, we kind of take turns on who, uh, it's like, oh, who's got a good idea? Okay, let's do that. Yeah, and I do tend to lean more towards uh, fantasy, paranormal, supernatural. I mean, that is my jam. So, yeah, I, I didn't remember that the original story was mine, but now that you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I'm not surprised because that's, I, I really have a strong interest in that genre. So, and uh, she had kind of had to convince me to go with the Herx Mercs, but it hey, convincing. <laughs> it took a lot of convincing. She did not want to originally write it because that's not action adventure is my wheelhouse. I am right. a, I'm a Tom Clancy girl. I love, I love the 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 you know 
all the adventure stories. So that's that's where I find, you know, I have a strength at coming up with stuff. Now, for any normal author collaboration, <laughs> uh, two books in one month would be like more than enough. But uh, as we've just discovered, you've got a Christmas story coming out very soon. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that one is actually, um, it's almost completed. It's called Designer Holiday. And the um, it's one that we actually had started, I believe, in January of this year. And um, we, we had thought we were going to write 12 Christmas stories just as kind of a series, and that sort of didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> no. <laughs> but we got through, we got the, the one that we had started, we've gone back to, and, um, you know, it's, I'll, I'll let uh, McKay explain the setting. The characters are Emilio, who is a dance instructor, and he has, his love interest is Rain, who is an interior designer. And surprise, surprise, it is set in Western North Carolina. Uh <laughs> Yes, right. we like that part of the country, so we, we know it well, and we tend to, to go back there quite a bit for our settings. Um, for inspiration for the town, Holiday Pines, I was thinking about the many little tiny towns that exist in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, there are places like Maggie Valley, Spruce Pines, Waynesville, uh, Clyde, and things like that. And that's kind of what I had in mind for the town in in this story. And so it's a very small town, but they their claim to fame is that they are home to the biggest Christmas tree farm in the state. And they are trying to revive tourism in the town by renovating a uh, early 20th century art deco style theater that's their local playhouse where all of the local shows and entertainment happens and so uh rain and emilio had been high school sweethearts they grew up in holiday pines together but rain wanted more and so he left he went to college in atlanta and he ended up staying there and starting his own interior design company and when he was still in college, he broke up with Emilio and broke his heart. Well, now hmm. Rain has been invited back to Holiday Pines to help with the, the renovation and restoration of the playhouse. And so he and Emilio are seeing each other again for the first time in 12 years. Oh, Emilio is happy. Yeah. I love second chance <laughs> stories. Yeah. <laughs> and we're That's very definitely. excited. Because we have the cover reveal for this. Uh, we don't often get to do cover reveals. In fact, you're the first. And <laughs> folks can go to our hey. show notes page for this episode and see the cover for this story that will be out in early December. Now, you mentioned Herx Merks a little bit before. And that is one of Will's very favoritest things ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 what might be coming up in that universe? Well, uh, anyone who is at GRL might have seen our banner. <laughs> we got a lot of comments on it. I think uh, you, you got a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that banner was very popular. And for anyone who did not see it, it features three very handsome buff men in an obvious threesome. So... We had initially thought that that would be the cover for the ninth and final Herx Marks book, but the banner got so much positive attention <laughs> and commentary that we thought, and, pe and people were saying when we said, oh, yeah, that's going to be a, a Herx Marks cover. Oh, when? When's it coming out? So we decided, okay, we need to move that up. <laughs> So the uh, the threesome story with the Herx Mercs will be the eighth one. It'll be that'll be next, and it's going to feature two characters who have appeared pretty consistently in the series. They've been kind of background characters, uh, Finn and Morrissey. And the third 
character is one that got mentioned in No Pain, No Gain, the early chapters, uh, Joker. So uh, those are the three main characters who will be featured in Herx Merck's 8. Tentatively, I think we're calling that three to get ready. So um, <laughs> that's just the tentative title, though. Yeah. It's a good title, though. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that banner did get a lot of traffic. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll add a link in the show notes to the picture that Will got with it, uh, so people could check that out on, on the Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And now, can we expect that in 2019? Hopefully. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. We're uh, probably mid to mm, what do you think, mid McKay? I would probably say mid. so. Um, like I said, after the response that we got at GRL, we decided to fast track that. And we do have a couple of things to finish up before we get to that one, but um, it's it's on our short list for sure. So probably mid-ish 2019. Cool. That sounds fantastic. Now, in it, I mean, in addition to the two books that you're releasing this month, we spent an awful lot of time talking about um, some of your future projects. Is there anything else you want to tease to our audience that might be coming out in 2019? Yeah, um, if if everything goes well, and we've gotten pretty positive reaction from the publisher we've pitched it to, um, we should have a romantic thriller series coming out. Um, this will be even, if you've read Herc's Mercs, this will be the Mercs, but more so. Um, <laughs> very much a, a Tom Clancy kind of edge to it with um, with gay romance involved and I don't I don't know how much we're even supposed to say about it but um, it would involve an international uh, sort of setting I mean the the it's not it's the the main place that it takes uh, that the the people are uh, gather on is actually in the Mediterranean but the action will take place all over the world to have a very very diverse cast of characters so basically people from all over so far we have what one american i think <laughs> and everybody yes. else is from from somewhere else so uh right. we're uh, pretty excited about that yeah herx Merckx was there was some traveling outside the country especially in the third one um but it tended to be pretty u.s centric but this new series is expanding, so it will go well beyond the borders of the U.S. and have, like, like Ari said, a, a very global span and a global cast of characters. And a lot more intrigue. Um, Herxmerx is really mostly, you know, bodyguards and stuff like this. This is going to have more of an overarching kind of plot in the mm -hmm. background and... Um, I mean, Herx works were mostly novellas. These will be novels. These will be quite a bit longer and get a lot more involved. And, um, oh, I get to bring out all of my military stuff. And that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm super excited for these because my recent bend towards romantic suspense just, yeah, bring these on. <laughs> <laughs> Those sound amazing. Um, so uh, before we leave, I want to quickly remind everyone that Seeking Solace is available now and Quenched in Blood is coming out in the next couple of days. Um, where can people keep up with you and all of the books that you are continually writing? Uh, is there some place online that they can visit you and find out more? We have a website, arimckay.com. Uh, we have a newsletter. And the link to that is on our website in the sidebar. Actually, in the sidebar of our website, you can find our newsletter, our Facebook, uh, our Amazon link, our Dream Spinner link. So really, the our website is the, the central landing point. And then you can get everywhere else from there. It has all of our books based on is it a part of a series is it a standalone it has a page for our audiobooks and um yeah so that's our one-stop shop remckay.com fantastic well thank you both so much for coming to tell us all about this good stuff oh thank you for having us yes thank you 
Now, I know we keep mentioning it over and over, but all the cool stuff is on our show notes page. If you want to see the cover reveal for Designer Holiday, all you have to do is go to Big Gay Fiction Podcast for this episode, and you can check out the cover. It's really gorgeous, people. You it really is so pretty. You really should give it a look-see. I'm, I, as I said in the, in the interview, I cannot wait for this book. It sounds so very, very good. Yes. Now, if you can't wait just like me, um, there are other Ari McKay holiday-themed stories that you can check out. Uh, one such story is Santa's Naughty Helper. This is a book I reviewed last holiday season. Uh, what and The reason I'm bringing it up right now is that Santa's Naughty Helper is actually coming out in several different foreign translations uh, just in time for this holiday season. Uh, Santa's Naughty Helper is going to be available in French, German, and Italian. Wow. So if you read those particular languages or someone you know uh, prefers to read in those languages, you should definitely give out, uh, give Santa's Naughty Helper a try. Yeah, for sure. That's very cool for them yeah. to have all those out there. Oh yeah, it's very good. So I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Coming up next week in episode 163, we've got Lisa from The Novel Approach, and she's going to give us some, as always, super excellent book recommendations. Oh yeah. She always adds to my TBR because <laughs> she comes with these excellent books to tell me about, usually ones I've never heard of. <laughs> Guys, so everyone, be sure and tune in next week. So remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube, I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>